For over 5,000 years of documented history, people have been using the cannabis plant as medicine. From ancient Chinese medical journals to the modern-day dispensaries, cannabis and its many medical uses have found their way to every continent on Earth. Today, as the prohibition against this plant is slowly being lifted around the world and our technological capacity grows exponentially, we finally have the opportunity to discover what this plant is truly capable of. Please join me, Matthew Myro, as I speak with the remarkable innovators working at the cutting edge of these discoveries. This is the Edge of Cannabis Medicine. Hello, beautiful people. Thank you for joining me for today's episode of the Edge of Cannabis Medicine podcast. You know this is the place to be to get all the latest information and science out there about medical cannabis. Week after week, I am bringing you experts in the field, doctors, researchers, growers, activists, you name it. If they're innovators in the field, I'm talking to them and bringing their wisdom, their knowledge to you. And if you haven't yet, I would love it if you went over to wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast and give me a rating. These ratings really help with algorithms in the players so that more people can get this information that are looking for it. Because you know what? Cannabis is becoming very popular and medical cannabis is on the rise and people want to know. So I can keep bringing you more and more guests every week with all of this great information, just like this week's guest, Glenn Mays. Glenn and I had a real soul connection. He is a hemp farmer, a cannabis activist, and a father who had used hemp, cannabis, CBD, for his child to heal. He has a beautiful story. He's a beautiful soul, and I really enjoyed it. We dive into some more esoteric sort of topics, but I had a lot of fun, and I hope that you enjoy this episode with Glenn Mays. I am Matthew Myro, and this is the Edge of Cannabis Medicine podcast, and today's guest is Mr. Glenn Mays. Glenn is a man who rock grooves and makes moves in the cannabis space. <laughs> Initially finding his way to cannabis in order to help his son with a neurological disorder and eventually becoming a caregiver for five other Colorado medical cannabis patients, Glenn is also a man who wears many other hats. He is the co-founder of Verified Texas Hemp, a board member of the Overcoming Anxiety Project, a professional actor, and a trauma-informed yoga therapist. Glenn currently acts as Director of Processing and Extraction at Texas Star Hemp Farms. Glenn, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thank you for the invitation. Seriously, Matthew, seriously, thank you. Absolutely. So let's let's dive in. You know, there's so many different places to start from all the different things that you're into, but let's just start with how you found your way into the cannabis space. Wow. So that that's like a long, long story. Um, my father, if you will, was a, I'll just say street pharmacist. Right. right. It's a gro gotcha. gro <laughs> <laughs> growing up, you know, I mean, I, I was around the plant. I was around the plant often. Um, I never saw it as one of these demonized things. Like it was just something that I knew it was providing a lot of space, even for my extracurricular activities at that time, you know. Um, we weren't as well off as other families, but I was able to travel on a soccer team and um, enjoy martial arts and do things that 
normally another kid at that level of income would have not been able to do. Um, so that started me early on that. And I developed this relationship with it and love for it. But I've never partook at that age of it. You know what I mean? It was, wasn't until I was in college where I, where I partook of the plant. And that was my first time um, to actually ceremoniously take a part of the plant. And um, that, of course, um, changed my world. I, I wasn't one of those people that didn't get high on the first time. Like, I was rocked. I was rocked. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I even remember, you know what I mean? Like, the, I'm trying to navigate after that. And I was like, man, I feel like, you know what I mean? This is like a hug. You know what I mean? To me, it wasn't like a scary space that I had to navigate. You know what I mean? It was like a hug that I had to flow through and just um, like every around every corner was a, a different hug for me, you know? And um, just, I guess, coping through a lot of like the trauma in my life as a younger person, I didn't understand how self-medicating that way was going to be therapeutic at all. And it was it was absolutely amazing for me. Um, and where, where I came from to have that availability and have that open space to experience that. Um, so I've been um, intimately partaking of this plan for at least 20 years. Um, I say that now as a Colorado resident, nanny nanny boo boo, Texas. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's a lot of the, um, that, and that leads up to why I left to Colorado. My son, um, he's eight and a half years old now, um, Orion Glenn Mays. Um, he's a shining angel. He's one of these rainbow children that I am blessed with to be able to guide, not even guide, actually, he's guiding me, if you will, um, to sh be able to share compassionate, unconditional love. Um, so, yeah, my son has a on his first, uh, his first seizure was whenever he was a year and a half old on Christmas. Um, and at that time here in Texas, I was a um, juvenile correctional officer. Um, I did seven years of uh, correctional officer here, there, well, there in Abilene. And then in Austin, I did um, seven years, so cumulatively 10 years. Um, and I worked with after school programs, worked with thousands of kids, you know. And when I found out my son had, an issue, I was like, you know, my high power, I asked one time, you know what I mean? Like, why me? I work with thousands of kids. And in that situation, I heard my answer. Like, yeah, you, bro, you work with thousands of kids. So it was, it was beautiful to understand the path. Um, and for where I am now, what we've experienced, um, for what I'll be able to push through, through the pain and through everything like that and through the struggle, it's going to be amazing what we have to offer the world coming up soon. So um, that's my introduction. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, to cannabis, and uh, it's very, um, as you can tell, I'm extremely passionate about the situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. That passion shows for sure, Glenn. It shows. It bleeds out of me. It yeah. bleeds out of me. You know what I mean? Like, oh, oh. Yeah. So, so what, how are you working with this passion? I mean, um, still working with many children as a caregiver. How, what are the directions that you've been able to go with this? So now, I mean, once you 
understand trauma with a parent and a parent of special needs kids. You know what I mean? You have to channel that energy, bro. And so I channeled all that into research and, and looking at different abstracts, how I can help his um, endogenous cannabinoid system. You know what I mean? And learning that we all have this system and we operate from a deficiency because we don't have this plant readily available. And to understand neurological issues and neuroplasticity, if you will, and understand I had about eight years to play with roughly. Um, and then pray into the universe, like guide me, give me what I can do for, for your, your being, you know, that, that in itself is like beautiful power and being able to switch that. And like, I mean, even still, like you have a kid that has seizures repeatedly, you are, you are now a chronic PTSD parent, you know? So it's, it's hard to shut off, even with the work that I do. I'm a trauma-informed yoga therapist. I mean, I'm so thankful I had those tools to be able to cope with this situation because I would nowhere near be the solid object you see today. You know what I mean? Because I've had those ups and downs and trying to figure out motive, like the mode of operation, the appropriate mode of operation and not operating through fear, um, not operating through a deficit mentality, but learning about the plant. Um, I've read so many studies on the National Institute from the National Institutes of Health, um, from the Hebrew schools in Israel, actually, and Dr. Meshulam and understanding that process because they're, they're eons ahead of us here in, in America, as you know. Um, so being able to pull that information as well as trying to navigate in Texas and Texas continually will say that they don't have the research, which I, I know is willfully ignorant, even from the person who presented it, who was a nurse. So in and of itself, there's a lot of it, you know what I mean? There's a lot of it. So. Yeah, absolutely. And the idea of parents having to deal with the PTSD involved with working with their children and, and bringing that healing to their children, I actually have never heard about that before, but of course, can't believe I never thought of that. And and the, the amount of tools that you need to have for yourself and is... Have you found that cannabis has been an aid in that for you as well, beyond just the way it helps with your son? Oh, definitely, definitely. And Dr. Mashulam talks about like different benefits of even dealing with PTSD with cannabis, the ability to forget. Uh, man, when you are on PTSD, you remember everything. You know what I mean? Whenever you're in those modes, those stress things, everything pops up and you get into repetitive thinking, repetitive modes. Um, and when cannabis, whenever you take cannabis, it allows you to release, it allows you to forget. And then being able to forget, it gets you to baseline. And then you can do other work, like we said, Ho'oponohono, inner child work and, and things to further you to understand well, why, why this is the cycle. And, you know what I mean? It's, and it's not anything personal, if you will. And, and all the things that you take as a parent, you know what I mean? Did I make a mistake? Where, where did I mess up? You know what I mean? And, and uh, the guilt the women have, man, that's, I, I can't even compete with that. And I know unconditional love through the situation, but the parental guilt that the women have to go through, that's all my wife, man, she's, she's having to do next level work to understand the whys or, or realize that the whys don't make a difference. Like it, this, it is. You know what I mean? And this is, it's not a why situation. You know what I mean? So operating from that and 
it's a, it's just a whole different space to be able to hold and hold for yourself, if you will. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, one of the often neglected aspects of the endocannabinoid system is this blessing of forgetting. There's a stigma around people that use cannabis that they, you know, they're this forgetful stoner and they have this kind of thing about them. And, and of course, that it is a byproduct of abusing the plant and abusing the medicine. But when used as a medicine, this is critical. The, the anandamide that's released by our brain in order to be able to allow us to forget, it's the only reason that women have more than one child. <laughs> right. Because oh, <yeah. laughs> it allows them to forget the pain of childbirth. You know, this is a yes, gift to yes. all humanity is this endocannabinoid system. So, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It, it's absolutely beautiful, man. And I'm not sure if you have a child or anything like that, but seeing them come into the world, um, we had our first one, Orion. We had a home birth. You know what I mean? It was a great home birth. But I got to see the power of the woman. You know, and my, my wife, she started in the tub and she she got out of the tub. She was standing up, squatting around. She was moving around. And the natural ability, when she would squat, I would, I would spot her. And I felt the around her. And I was like, whoa, this is power. Like, you're in the middle of different frequency channels right now. Like, you could feel it, you know. It was, it was this magical place if you will you know and i know they go to magical places it's such a such a beautiful blessing for for those who can experience that you know yeah Yeah. no kidding i'm not there yet but looking forward to it in the next couple of years for sure yeah thank you all right so let's move move along in your journey here so it sounds like you've done quite a bit of activism and work in texas trying to get these laws changed, trying to allow this medicine to come to the, to the citizens of Texas. So what have you been up to there? Oh, yeah, I, I was starting to advocacy. And then I was like, okay, the needle isn't moving enough for me. Um, having access in Colorado instantly, like really put a bad taste in my mouth for Texas. I'm like, well, there, there actually is no basis for you to be doing this. If a state not even two hours away from you, has all the information, knowledge, and has doctors doing this, and you're just saying that you don't want to be a part of it, or you're saying there's no research, that's just something there, and I, and I know for a fact that it's political. So I switched from like just the political angle. Uh, we're still trying to like work that facade of it, but now I'm going to come in on the back end too and be able to provide next-level medication and um, with the way the medical marijuana plan is set up in Texas, it's also like federally legal is uh, 0.3%, right? Correct. And I yep. believe for the Texas medical marijuana pro- uh, um, um, program, it's, it may be 0.5%. Yeah. We'll find that. We'll look into it. I'll put it in the show notes. We'll do yeah. do extra we'll research on that. Yeah. Because, but I know that it's just a little bit more CBD that you would have to take to get up to that level. Right. And so with with my with my thinking, people I'm working with, getting a recent um, contact with next level people that can do these types of machines, we've created a situation where we're going to bypass a lot of the processes, even in the traditional sense of growing. I am I am now considered what I would be a a director of processing and extraction Um, for me. Have you ever read The Alchemist? I have. Paulo Coelho? Yeah. Paulo Coelho, yeah. okay. So for me, this is me calling the wind. 
Okay. Now I'm calling the win because I've made the journey. I've had to leave Texas. I've had to gain my faith. You know what I mean? And now, now I'm calling the win because I know what should show up, you know, and I'm calling the universe to show up because we have these obstacles that are in place by men that shouldn't be there. Okay. And so now I'm calling the wind and the group that I have with me is amazing, bro. You would love now that I see you and know you, you would love my people, bro. Like, um, the amount of healing that is going on even before our business meetings. We do Tai Chi before our business meetings. Okay. Beautiful. Like, I've been teaching Tai Chi for a number of years. It's a massive passion of mine, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so you know the deal then. You know I, I do. Mean? I do. You're in this space, you know what I mean? And having that um, eternal connection with everybody before you in, enter into a, um, let, let's face it, business is egocentric across the board. If you can get to a place where you have a group that is just centric, you know, with, with everybody, I mean, harmonious, that ego leaves. And when that ego leaves, that's that purity of universal self that is ready to do the work for everyone. Like we're all making peace with our God, you know what I mean? To be able to even put forth something that is so magical with this plant. Um, and I, I will have, readily available pharmaceutical grade CBD and other minor oils come December. Like we're going into 2021 with the most beautiful blessing because of all of 2020, we have to do so much healing across the board. We're going into 2021 as the light beings and light bearers that we, that we all should be and all are aspiring to raise our vibration to be right now. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. And so with a lot of the different things I've read and seen since the passing of the Farm Bill in 2018, there's been a hemp boom around the country. And a lot of farmers started converting some of their land that were growing other crops. And they heard about the potential to make all this money from hemp and then hemp flour and selling the extractions and blah, 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 and all these things. And they come to realize they get to harvest time. And when they thought that they were going to be getting you know, $1,200 a pound, turns out it's more like $300 or 200 even, or whatever it might be. It's like significantly less. And from what I saw, they were really neglecting all of the capacity that this plant has. And they're hoping just to extract CBD from it to hit this boom, neglecting the possibilities for biofuels and textiles and talk about papers. It. So I would love if you would dive into those aspects, please. Yes, sir. yes man. So we, we, a lot of people have been initially hoodwinked to think that the CBD oil is the thing. In my humble opinion, fiber from this plant is a situation. The, the soil remediation from this plant is the situation. Being able to build houses that that are negative footprint, negative carbon footprint is the situation. So whenever we understand all the other things that the plant does for all the other things that George Washington was growing on Mount Vernon for, um, am I correct? Am I, Mount Ver yes, Mount Vernon. Um, just sowing it everywhere, you know what I mean? Sowing the plant and, and making sure, like, well, hoping that this plant would be the security of America. Biofuels. Uh, we were watching videos the other day. We know you can 
run a lawnmower on pressed hemp seed oil. Pressed hemp seed oil. If you can run a lawnmower, you can run other things by just refining the oil. Simple processes. Why did we choose these mechanisms and why why I feel a lot of people in that oil industry created the idea of the solution to dilution is pollution. Um, gasoline was being pumped into our rivers for a long time because they had no idea what to do with the volatile situation, uh, the volatile chemicals. And now they realize after a while, they realize it's combustion. We learned about combustion engines, which will be obsolete in the next few years because of how we're engineering our, our minds about what energy truly is. Um, we're going to see a lot of supercapacitors, if you will. I'm If I live to 80, bro, I'm going to make sure everybody that is doing stuff with this gets a platform to do the things they need to do. Is that is that more than 30 years away, I'm hoping? Um, yeah, that's actually 40 years away. 40 years of me too, actually. 40 years old now. Yeah. 40 years old. Like that's, I'm, I, oh, I'm, at, I'm at the half stage of you. I'm <laughs> a number, but like, if I make it to 80, the world's going to be beautiful. I'm going to make sure with people like you and making these contacts and the way the universe is flowing right now, exponentially, when we put this stuff out there, we raise our vibration and we, we intentionalize what we want to do. And it's, it calls out to the universe. It's like, I'm already making plans for you. Show up. Yeah. You know, so I, I want to do things with feed. You know what I mean? The feed that we feed our animals right now, we've so gotten detached from the, original eradication in 1937 of, of hemp everywhere. Um, so we've lost a lot of intuitive cannabinoids and compounds that we would normally have in our body. You know? and even our soil is not the same that it was 50 years ago because of all the different manufacturing companies that have done, done what they've done. So Yeah, and uh, so this idea of feed, this is really interesting to me because you know, I've heard you say in some of your videos, you are what you eat. And I always like to say, you are what you eat, eats. And yes. that's the important thing to remember because they all, everything is a living organism that we're taking into ourselves and they have yes. to eat in order for them to survive. And so what they're eating makes up who they are. And if we take them in, that has a massive effect on our body too. And so what kind of things are you witnessing as you use this pet product for feed for the livestock? So we see we, we can't do it commercially yet, right? But we, we have a few people that are using this feed on their own animals, right? Um, even from pigs and through their cattle. Um, they're seeing a lot more marbling through their meat. It looks way more like Wagyu than your traditional USDA cuts. So a lot of those essential amino acids, you know what I mean? It's it's almost a complete protein food. You know, you have your balanced 369s in there um, and so many other vital micronutrients that we are not getting across the board. Um, I mean, even the THCA cannabinoid preheating pre as a juicing situation, um, even for us as humans, has been a fix. And I hope one day we get there. Actually, let me rephrase that and wipe it from the universe. We will get there very soon with the technologies that are being presented. Yeah, we're on our way. We're on our way. And at this time, too, where it's starting to come to light, the actual poison that most cooking oils are, because the, the, the omega-369 balance that the hemp seed has... 
these cooking oils are way out of whack with too much omega-6s and we're not able to get enough omega-3s and it's creating all sorts of deleterious effects within our body. And if we could even just replace traditional cooking oils with hemp oil, that would just be a beautiful step in the right direction for human healing. Wow. I, I, me, me and my wife have this book, you probably have it too, about non-traditional cooking oils. Mm. Um, and it talks about um, even even the high heat oils, you know what I mean? And learning um, which oils to cook it with different heats. There's people that use canola oil, you know what I mean? In my mind, I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like whoa, whoa, what do you, what do you, you know what I mean? But, but it's an educational thing, you know what I mean? And, and a price thing. And once again, we've been hoodwinked, you know what I mean? To think that these oils are beneficial because they're cheaper when in actuality, like you just said, balance three, six, nines help to work with the cell structure way better than something that's, that's out of whack because we need homeostasis. We need balance. We need to get back to where we don't have the um, instant inflammation around circling in our cell walls, where it's out of polarity. You know what I mean? We, we have to understand our electromagnetism, if you will, um, and that, what that means of being in balance and taking in things that are balanced. 100%. And even in this movement of people are starting to go plant-based, people are starting to find alternative protein sources for themselves besides meat. And a lot of people are starting to look towards hemp. And I've also seen with the, the uh, I don't want to call out any companies, but there's a lot of imitation meat companies that are making a lot of products that are extremely high in these vegetable Sodium, oils, soy, yes, yeah, yes, and and yes. proteins that aren't clean and healthy, oils that aren't clean and healthy, and these people think that they're making them healthy. Hour by saying their name, I won't. Yeah. No, but <laughs> and it's it's another like it's hoodwinking people. They're thinking that they're doing this right thing for the environment and for themselves, but it's poison that they're bringing into themselves. And hemp can actually change that. I I will say this much. I know a lady by the name of Carla Boyd, who also has a beautiful story. You might need to interview her as well. Um, she has a company called Hemp Way Foods, and she's in Colorado. I hope to bring that company to Texas. Time out. I am going to bring that availability to Texas because how much we need alternative meat and stuff like that. There are so many people who don't eat meat, and when they come to Texas, they have to eat meat again because there's nothing really else available so we're going to make things more available to the people um, in the lower south if you will beautiful yes yes i'm, I'm learning my resonance man and, and how the power of speaking into the universe and so i i want to speak with directness and i because i know it's going to answer you know so i don't want to do the wishy-washy i hope to see i hope to do anything like that because the power is there you know what i mean i'm speaking to the ether and it's going to listen so i, I need to take advantage of it i appreciate that yeah, yeah. Every utterance is heard by something somewhere. You know, vibration carries. Yes. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yes, indeed. And so I appreciate witnessing you catch yourself. And so I, I love that. That's a, for me, that's the, the uh, mindful meditation practice throughout the day, not just the sitting practice. It's that catching yourself, witnessing that and moving forward in a more beneficial way for all. So yeah. thank you for, for doing that. It's a, it's a good reminder to me as well. 
you're seeing my practice. I'm practicing. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of bringing things to Texas, so we've got the Texas hemp project, all the things you've got going on here. Wait, what was it? The, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Texas Star Hemp Farms. Texas Star Hemp Farms. Yes. Excuse me. So would you, would you care to share more about that and what you're up to there in Abilene and everything? So in Abilene, Texas, I'll tell you right now, there is no one within the two around the states surrounding us that has the technology we're coming out with. I I know I'm going to, I'm going to have to ask for forgiveness from a lot of these people because I haven't shared a lot of what we're, what we're doing. Um, and they've, they've spent money in the wrong directions. And uh, I mean, I have to ask for forgiveness. You know what I mean? It's one of those things, but it's, it's, this is business. We have the technology to erase the storage and drying process of the cannabis industry. Um, we are in touch with the people who are manufacturing this and have pretty exclusive ties to shut down um, all of the Southwest um, in order to provide that for the hemp industry. Uh, we 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 know there's going to be a bottleneck with processing, and people have said that there's going to be Texas is going to grow too much, and they can process. But we have the remedy for for that, and um, the grade of machinery that we're using is pharmaceutical grade, so therefore it takes us to a different level, a different category than a whole lot of other companies that operate and are in existence right now. Out of the gate, we are CGMP certified which you won't find a lot of times with cannabinoids presented in oils or suspended in oils or any other type of food products. 80% of us are from Abilene. And so it's, it's a beautiful thing. Like I left Abilene gosh, back in 2005 and I was like, the only way I'll come back to Abilene is if I'm running the thing. And we're going to be able to really um, focus all the sales taxes, work with the city, um, provide jobs, provide infrastructure, allow local nonprofits that have the food growing places to have a spot to cultivate their food and work with different technologies using the earth and using the earth's vibration um, to that's, I mean, that's a little more than other people need to know, but we, we got to return to um, the earth vibration uh, in a lot of situations. And um, we're being constantly bombarded. Uh, with other frequencies and it throws us off during the daytime and if we can imprint things with the correct frequency from seed all the way into consumption um, we can program ourselves and work through another level of epigenetics that benefits our system on a whole different level yeah i love it yeah. yeah. Are you doing any kind of like biodynamic farming or anything along those lines? Biodynamics. Um, we, we, I mean, we, I can't really say too much, but even our, our water is structured. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, um, if you know about breaking down the ionic bonds that are in our, in our water alone, um, we have to return our water to water before we can administer it appropriately to even ourselves, which is a crazy thing. How do we get here? You know what I mean? Um, as the healers, as the people that are more aware of this, we have to know that we're going to have to heal the earth first in order to heal its people. If every all the light bearers and people that are working and start to put our hands on the ground, we'll feel that vibration. Uh, we'll feel we'll feel what we need from the earth and pull together. It's all connected, bro. You know, you know the deal. You know the deal. I do. I do completely. Yeah. So, what do you see as the the future of hemp in Texas? We've got the climate for it you can grow hemp all year round basically um 
you can use different light deprivation techniques. And so what do you see as the future here? Because it seems like it's very fertile ground for it. If the DEA gets out of the way, I like the way I said that, right? DEA gets out of the way. If they get out of the way, I think Texas will be one of the main producers of hemp for the world. For the world. I think uh, Canada is going to come after us. China is going to come after us. Um, a lot of these, Australia is going to come after us. Australia needs to get his, their energy right right now. They're pushing over boards with, with some of the um, falsehoods of humanity right now. So they need, to, they need healing as well. Anywhere in a lot of these other areas that have been overly farmed, overly smogged out, if you will, this vibration is going gonna, is gonna to transverse across the world. Um, we're going to start wearing it in our clothes every day. You know what I mean? That vibration is going to be there. We're going to be wearing it every day. We're going to be wearing it on our skin every day. That vibration is going to be there. This is going to change the face, the structure of what it is, even mascara or like, you know, I mean, makeup and everything like that. That's going to have the plant in it. Um, so pretty soon, a lot of people are going to be covered in some sort of the plant, you know? Um, and once we realize, like, we need to work symbiotic, all we are is just complex emotional plants, you know? So once we understand what we are and understand our relationship to this plant, and that was it was a gift, um, didn't appear in the fossil record before, you know what I mean? And it just appeared all of a sudden. But yeah, this, is, this has been such a beautiful gift. And I think in Texas, with the way we're designed, we do have five different grow regions. Um, if we take advantage of those, we could have a, we could possibly have a perpetual crop growing in a lot of places. And even the wheat situation right now, we have a lot of farmers, uh, ranchers that were growing wheat. Well, farmers that were growing wheat for the ranchers and nobody's finishing their cows off on wheat anymore because everybody's going to grass fed, things like that. You know, they'll finish them out on a little grain sometimes, but that's nowhere near as profitable as it was. So all these wheat farmers are going to have to adapt. And we want to be the people that will help them not get the headache, not get the bumps in the road. Um, there are a lot of people, farmers that are committing suicide right now because of the situation, um, not being able to make ends meet because they are just fighting to pay Monsanto and basically breaking even in a lot of situations. That's not saying that that's the cotton farmers. I mean, that's a whole different ball game. But uh, when it comes to water conservation, it takes seven times more water to make a cotton shirt than a hemp shirt. So we we really need to focus on what we're doing with with all of our resources. Yeah, and it seems like education is going to be a big part of this, also. And we're trying to figure out. I mean, this this is my small piece of trying to bring more education to people, but trying to figure out ways to, to make it broader, ways to, to reach as many people as possible, to cr create curriculums in schools, to re-educate folks on what the history of this country is and what it was before 1937, Tax Act and all that, and like where we could be again after all this prohibition it seems to just drift away like it should very soon. Hopefully. Not re erase that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, 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 right. As it is drifting away yes. currently while we speak. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. I will, I will join you in that vibration. Yeah. Yes. The, the powers that be are moving in that direction. 
on, yeah. on, on the right and left side of the aisle in this country. Right. I see it. Right. We are, see we are seeing as a whole humanity the benefit of this as a whole humanity. Uh, and it'll benefit both sides to eliminate more of the separation, to eliminate the lack of poverty, to eliminate those things that they cause us to look down on our brethren. Mm-hmm. So, so, yes, this is for the elimination of competition in the world of not haves, if you will. Right. Definitely. Yeah. The time, the time to honor conservatives as conservationists. This is the time. This is the time. Yeah. So I guess where, where do you see education? Where do you see your role in, in this education process? Um, my education is huge to me. Um, like I said earlier, I was a juvenile corrections officer for 10 years and a lot of people's initial problems start from the lack of education. Um, when you don't understand something, you either check out or you cause disruptions when you don't understand something and you're rebellious to it and you want to understand, but you don't know how to ask to understand. And I think that's where a lot of people are. We've been conditioned by a lot of things in the media, reefer madness. Um, I mean, people, people now that have, have seen reefer madness, there's a, there's a whole gap, we know above 75, 60, 75, you know what I mean? And then there's window, there's a, there's a window of hippies in between there. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then there's lower generations that understand it, man, they've had people smoke weed around them. Nothing's ever happened. But when you have people on alcohol and other substances, other things happen that are beyond belief. You know, we now know with pharma, there's over a hundred people a day dying from pharmaceuticals. Why are those things legal? Why are those, why can you just go get a prescription for any one of those? And cannabis is, is illegal. It doesn't have the same track record, no matter what you put against it. I mean, it literally, what a hundred people a day are die, dying from pharmaceuticals. Let me know when a hundred people a day die from cannabis, please. Let me know when one person does. Like I said. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's wild. It's wild. And, and even that, the entire atmosphere around this current movement with cannabis is so fascinating to me. I've spoken to a handful of people that have never and don't ever plan to partake in the consumption of cannabis, yet they're working in the cannabis industry for uh, profitable reasons and for compassion reasons. And, and even though they don't plan on using the medicine ever, they see its potential and they see how it's worked with loved ones and they're getting into it. And so this is really spreading in a way that I didn't even see possible when I first, I've been in this industry for 15 years and I, I didn't, I didn't think that was a possibility, but we have competent people abstaining and still participating. And that's really a very positive step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah I agree. Especially for the advocacy part, it has to be an, an array of people. It can't just be, what people categorically think as a pothead to be advocating for legalization. It has to be someone who's willing to show show up in a suit, who's willing to articulate their points and have back-end research to support them. Um, And we're definitely in that direction right now. So Absolutely. And, And so right now too, this country's in the middle of all sorts of chaos and all sorts of movements in so many different directions. And so, as being a black man in this country and in the cannabis space, I mean, you're like a double minority at this point. And what have, has been your experience? Have you seen any shifts in the last few months as the attention and the um, inspiration has begun to rise? No. No. 
I believe the attention has been shifted. Um, I don't think the attention has been on, okay, why are these cops looking at these type of individuals as if they already want them to be locked up because of our current laws? And we're not looking at our current laws and we're, we're talking about police brutality, but let's address the situation of why cops feel like they have the mechanism to even pull someone over. They look like that, all right? Let's address the problem at the root. And this is where I have a problem with any movement right now that it claims to be a part of any type of color that you're associated with in your body on the outside appearance. That to me is a distraction in and of itself from the root of the issue because we should all be coming from love no matter who you look like, no matter where you come from. If you are taking substances that you cannot control yourself in, we need to come in a therapeutic mind frame. We don't need to come at you shooting guns. We don't need to come at you killing you not understanding and wanting to wipe you off the face of the earth. For me, that is where our sickness lies. The not being able to identify the real issue and putting so much focus and opposite hate on a situation that's over here when the real thing is way over here. And if we were able to focus on this right here, this wouldn't even be an issue. You know what I mean? Like, let's focus on why people think that, A, this plan is demonized, right? And it's demonized specifically for, let's call it, racial issues, right? And so now if you have a racial issue and I have a plan that's demonized and I have, I see that person all day long in my beat or whatever like that, and I know they partake of this plan, I know how they deal with this plan, I'm going to think of them as subpar. You start to think of them as subpar, you can easily kill something when you think that something is subpar. That's how humans operate, unfortunately. We, we're, we're ego-centric, not eco-centric, right? And so we think we belong at the very top of the, of the, of the board and not even realizing like all the things that have been covering and all the other effects that it ha- that has and comes with it. In my humble opinion, I don't want to speak for everybody that um, looks like a black man, you know what I mean? And, and that, that's even crazy in and of itself. Um, I did my 23 and read me recently, you know, I know the broadness of all the beings that have come before me. Uh, my mother is, is Native American and Spaniard, right? And my father, Sub-Saharan um, African, and even in my Spaniard, I have Ashkenazi Jew in there. And so like, where, where, where is my hate to be directed to? Why? You know, so understanding more about ourselves and all that stuff has been been redirected to be able to have this type of control, you know, Mm -hmm. to be able to have the type of control over a plant to where you can't seek your higher guidance, to where you can't want to go outside of the norm or off-roading, if you will, to to seek your spiritual truths. Yeah, and I'm almost seeing some parallels between what you're saying and the pharmaceutical industry itself is because the pharmaceutical industry is built around abating symptoms. And it's all, all it's there to do is to suppress and abate symptoms. And it's not actually going after the root cause of any of the diseases they, they say that they're trying to help. And it, similarly, we're looking at this situation where we're looking at a bunch of symptoms and we're trying to like, hammer down this whack-a-mole game, but we're not going to unplug the machine, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. We're not going to the root of our deficiencies of our other biological system that has been neglected. I mean, you don't have a uh, recreational nervous system. You don't have a recreational endocrine system. Those are biological systems that we found to be true. 
So I don't have, no one has a recreational endogenous cannabinoid system. That doesn't exist. So even, even those terms in and of itself, I'm like, what, what are we saying? You know, I mean, that vibration, what are we putting out there that some people need it, some people know? No, that, that's, that, that is a confusion of a lot of people. I've had conversations recently with law enforcement guys and they're like, oh, well, you know, when people found CBD, that's what they really meant to find. And THC was not the thing that they needed to find. And I'm like, no, bro, you got your things mixed up. I love you. I love where you are. Thank you for being appreciative and understand this plant and being able to benefit from this plant. But THC is the active molecule, right? If I gave you a bottle of Tylenol and I removed the active uh, chemical in that Tylenol, you'd feel some sort of, you know what I mean, activation from the other fillers and things like that. But you wouldn't have the true medicine in there, acetaminophen which I don't like pharmaceuticals, but I wanted to use that as a great example for those people who are taking those type of medications. Right? If I remove the acetaminophen in that plant, in that, in that bottle, yeah, you'd feel something, but you wouldn't feel nowhere near the effects of what you would feel if you had the active ingredient. So it, it's, I'm, I'm trying to be as compassionate and loving when I display this, but it's, it's, it's I'm on fire, you know? And having it there, in sub amount, like sub psychotropic amounts, it still needs to be there at this entourage effect or the ensemble effect, which I think is a little bit more appropriate because all the cannabinoids, all the flavonoids, all the terpenoids, they all have a seat at the table. You know, let's, let's, let's a, work, to, work, work together. The yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and while yes, THC is a really strong component of it and it's the, one of the major actors in the play. It's not the only one. It's a no. And so he's like the pitcher. He's like the pitcher. Right. I mean, if you're playing baseball, he's like the pitcher. You know, you still got the first baseman, you got the second baseman, you got the shortstop, you know, you got the outfield out there, you got your fans, you know what I mean? <laughs> like there, there's there's so many aspects that are tied to the the pitcher, you know what I mean? And then like you said, ensemble. I like that approach a lot better because it is an ensemble, you know. When when I see like a four piece jazz set, I'm like, oh man, this is great. If I went, I've been to the Elephant Room in in Austin. You know the deal. Um, so it's jazz bar, and it's in the basement, right? And it's small. They put sixteen pieces in that sixteen piece ensemble in that bad boy. You're going to have orgasms. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful piece when you have more components coming at the situation rather than one or two, you know? If I was going to war with a situation like a dis-ease, I would take more than one homeboy, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it, it, would, it would be me and, and a posse. And so that's exactly what we need to think about when we when we try to isolate these chemicals and we, when we understand dosaging models and try to switch across with photochemistry. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, and man, I really, I really like that that jazz metaphor. Because thinking about like the Miles Davis quintet, and like, yeah, that was Miles's band, and everybody was around him. But you know, three years later, Coltrane stepped up, and he became the band leader. And, you know, and so and Billy Carter was the band leader. He had his own albums, and so everybody has a chance to shine. Yeah, in, in their way, just like the cannabinoids do. So yeah, man, I really oh, like man. that. THCA is about to have his time to shine. CBN. Uh, CBG actually this harvest is about to step up and shake its tail feather. Yeah, so. CBG is the hot one right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we get to CBC and some of these other CBL and some of these other 
um, cannabinoids, um, that's where I'm going to feel that we're reaching really close into actual medical marijuana. For me, we're still skimming the surface of, of playing around with, with a therapy. We're scratching the surface of a therapy, and this is not medical yet. Um, there are certain advances that I know, even in my thought, in my thinking, that the universe is going to push out where it's going to remove the dosaging model. Currently, that it's everybody's, well, we don't know dosages, we don't know dosages. Like, that's going to change very soon. I know, I know for a fact it, it came to me. Hopefully, I'll be the one to bring it into fruition. You, you, it's going to be, yeah. You let me write that. Let me <laughs> that. I will be a part of the, the people who bring that idea into fruition. Yes. Yeah. Formulations. It, it feels like the future. And it is a when we're able to have better research and access to research in order to understand these different cannabinoids and knowing by doing real tests, real studies to see which ones work with what ailments, and then we can combine them in the right way for that specific ailment. I mean, it's, it's moving towards the, the big pharma model, but they had some things right. You know, like you have to do a lot of research. You have to do a lot of study in order to be able to put something out there that says, yes, unequivocally, this helps this. And if we can get cannabis moving in that direction, it's going to be a really positive place for this medicine. I I know we will be getting cannabis in that direction. (laughs) I know um, there are certain mechanisms that will be able to help each individual individually because this isn't a cookie cutter situation. Um, I wish there were certain models that worked for everyone, but we all have different toxins. We all have different deficiencies and we all have different methylation cycles that we process even our food and in our air with, you know, so it's, it's a beautiful situation because it's coming. Yeah. I have a conversation coming up with a gentleman that is doing DNA testing for the endocannabinoid system. So you okay. could have absolute precision, knowing exactly what your endocannabinoid system is missing, needs, and how to fill in those gaps. It's real. I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, me and him need to talk because here's my idea, right? I want a non-invasive situation with patients, right? And we, we have this with different insulin modules. If you're, you know, like you, people with diabetics now, rather you don't have to poke yourself. They have non-invasive patches and stuff like that that you can scan on, right? We know what the receptors look like. We know what those are, right? We know what that is in our bloodstream. I want to be able to do that for my son and anybody that comes to our treatment facility, right? Dose them, scan them when I dose them, scan them every 30 minutes and see what the what the taper off is, see where the drops are, see what different cannabinoids and different compounds actually benefit them at different times, right? If they're using more one compound quicker than the other, then we know that this may need a time release situation to where they have an inflammation system that's overactive. Yes. Yeah, I like it. Yes. Yeah. All of that's coming now. And I'm so thankful because the DNA testing is going to go right along with what I envision. After people like dose themselves for a while, I want them to be able to go through my shop like well, almost like a beer tap, you know what I mean? And get their cannabinoids at the right dosage for their body. You know what I mean? And all the terpenes and all the cannabinoids available, like we know, and put that ensemble together and have a beautiful jazz concert. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Thank you for the time to 
um, expressing myself and, and to transfer with you. Thank oh my gosh, my pleasure. Yes. And uh, I have a one final question that I ask everybody. I got to get it in here. What is the one change that you would like to see right now within the medical cannabis industry? Education. I need the law enforcement and I need several other people to understand what true self-medicating is. I need people to understand where a lot of people are operating in trauma and reaching out to a plant. Um, it doesn't need to be demonized. They're actually going something that's closer to a God source than something man-made. And I would really love uh, the education part to grow because there's there's so many people that take advantage of this and there's so many people that more that could take advantage of it and my heart breaks when i see people die needlessly if you will more education more education more education i'm with you on that and so we're in that one together for sure for sure well glenn thank you so much for your time thank you for your wisdom and your beauty i'm sure that the listeners will get a lot out of this and and all the best and all the things that you're working and bringing into fruition and it's it's all happening same. Thank you for the platform. Thank you for allowing this space and holding this space. Well, there you have it, folks. I really hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Glenn. I know that I did. In Glenn, I truly feel like I have found an ally along this path, and he is encouraging me to be more conscious with my words, be more conscious with what I put out into the universe, because the universe is listening, and I love that, and I appreciate him, and I appreciate you, my wonderful listeners. Please go give me a rating. Let me know what kind of stars in this universe you believe that I am adding to it. Five stars, I hope. Let me know. Go give me a rating. It only takes a few seconds. But if you want to, you could also reach out to me directly, Matthew at edgeofcannabismedicine.com. Let me know what you think of the show. Let me know what you think of the guests. If you're a guest who wants to be on there, please reach out. I'd love to hear from you, hear your story so that we can do this thing together. And until next time, my friends, please stay healthy and enjoy yourselves. This Edge of Cannabis Medicine podcast is copyright EM2P2 Inc. 2020. All rights reserved. Podcast use and availability is governed by terms and disclaimers available at edgeofcannabismedicine.com forward slash terms. I'm your host, Matthew Myro, and thank you for listening.